I'm Shannon. And I am Rami. And this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read, heard, or experienced to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. Shannon, I would love for <laughs> us this week <laughs> to focus on at least somewhere between four and six uh, ways that we could foster um, groups of people to be in a uh, good place. It was hard to come up with a funny intro this week, wasn't it, Rami? Uh, Okay, that's great, Rami, because this week we're talking about the five traits of healthy teams. So... Rami, have you heard of the book The Five Dysfunction Five Dysfunctions of a Team before? No. Is this really? like a very common book? Should oh I Oh my should gosh. I? I feel like so many people over the years have told me, like, oh, you gotta read that book. You gotta read that book. If you if you've ever led a team, if you lead a team, you need to read this book. I don't even know when this book came out, but I was finally like, okay, fine. I freaking get it. I will read this damn book. Um I and then I realized the other day. I have a hard copy of the book and I I borrowed it in the Libby app. So it's just like, seriously, so many signs that I need to read this book. Anyways, so this concept for this episode, Five Traits of Healthy Teams, comes from his book of the inverse, which is like, what are the five dysfunctions of a team? And I really like self-helpy books, leadership development books that are written as like fiction have you ever read a book like that where they're like we're gonna it's it's like the fables you know like we're gonna try to teach Mm -hmm. you a lesson in this so that's how this book was written so i I think it it is a good read especially if you lead teams um and it's a quick read too so we're gonna go through the five traits of healthy teams you can guess what the dysfunctions are (laughs) by the inverse pretty easily Mm -hmm. um And as we're having this conversation, I want to encourage all of us to be creative in their in your definition of a team. So it might be in your work team. It might be in your family. It might be in I call it my little family, like my just like Nate Talia and me. It might be your larger family. It could be your church, your friend group or (laughs) your coaching supervision group. That might just be me as an example. It could be your uh, sports team. It could be your esports team. I mean, maybe. I would say, like, you'd want it to be, like, real people that you interact with every day. Oh, your esports team. You could definitely be meeting with them and, like, training. Cool. Cool. Oh, like you're saying, I thought you were saying, Rami and I have been talking about a lot about sports in between episodes as we're recording today. And I thought you were talking about like, like the Dodgers or something. No, 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 no. Like an esports, like the kids that play the sports online and it's called esports. Yes. Yes. You are. You can be thinking about that team. So before we even get into it, I want you to just like, take a minute, Rami, Rami, you do this too. Like take a minute. Like what's the team that you want to have in mind? So for me, I'm going to pick my larger family, like my, by that, I mean all my siblings and my mom and, and that stuff. Who are you going to pick for this kind of episode I'm reflection? Certainly not picking my son's t-ball team, which I coach, <laughs> because that is five dysfunctions of a team in that the kids have the attention span of a gnat. 
and oh are constantly gosh. asking me questions like, are you going to come to my birthday? It's a Chuck E. Cheese. Do you, have you been to Chuck E. Cheese before? I'm like, we're talking about baseball. This is not time to talk about Chuck E. Cheese children. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I no, would I'm say think about, let it be a team of adults. I'll put it that way. There you go. Or like a family that has yes. many adults and big adults. Yes. Yeah, I'll do my work team. I like my work team. Okay, cool. So we're going to run through the five healthy traits and then just like have, have a shitty chat about these teams that we have in mind. So the first trait of a healthy team is building trust, right? So that means encouraging vulnerability and openness between the team members. So you can really foster an environment where people feel safe to express their opinions, share their concerns, and admit any mistakes. Can I Rami. add to this? Yeah, please. The thing that I really like that my team is really good at is we have like a daily scrum and people will be like, I need help with this thing. And I feel like unless there is trust, people aren't willing to say, I need help with that thing. Yeah, I agree completely. I think about this uh, one leader that you and I both shared actually at one point. I remember asking him because it was my first leadership role ever. It's like asking him for just like his wisdom on like, what do you really want me to be keeping in mind as I enter into my first leadership role? And I remember him saying to me, he wrote him on a post-it note. I might still have that post-it note uh, somewhere. But one of them was how can you create a learning culture, you know, Mm -hmm. like where there's a lot of safety for people to say the things that they don't know and to admit when they made a mistake and they need help figuring out how to solve it. So Rami, with your work team in mind, like how do you feel like your team's doing on this? Great. That's what I'm saying. Like the fact that they're willing to be vulnerable and open and say like, Oh, I'm doing this thing and I don't know how to do it. Or I need help with this thing makes me feel like there's a lot of trust that people are, are willing to share those types of things. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I would say for my team of my immediate family, which is really just like me and my siblings. because we're navigating a lot right now. My dad passed away and we're just having to navigate a lot of like, but again, it's business what, decisions. a dozen, a, a day, baker's dozen of people. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of people and personalities involved. And so one thing that my sister did, uh, she had beautiful foresight. Maybe two years ago, she started doing what she called sibling gatherings to help us build trust with each other two years ago. And I'm so grateful that we've had that time. We only meet like once a quarter as a group and it's just the siblings. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, my mom hates that she cannot come. <laughs> um, but it's really like, because again, keep in mind for that group of people, there's 27 years of age difference. So some of mm-hmm. us, like we literally did not grow up with each other, even though we're siblings and we literally grew up in different times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a lot to navigate there. And I think we still have a ways to go in building trust, but I'm really grateful for that incremental step that we've taken so we can all feel safer. Cause I will say we also grew up in a very competitive family. So there's some like unlearning that needs to be done here of like, Oh, this isn't the season anymore for us to be competing against each other. Mm-hmm. We're all like healthy functioning adults for the most part. <laughs> so, uh, now is the time for us to begin to learn how to like trust each other again and not feel like we're constantly have to one up the other person. It's sad. I but like true. that. I like that though. It's kind of amazing that you guys can meet quarterly. Cause I feel like, my siblings and I are close, but like the four of us are so disparate and so far away from each other that like we'll get together a couple times a year, like virtually, but it won't just be like the four of us. Like I can't even remember the f- last time the four of us 
were alone. See, and I feel like you're so close with your siblings. That's what I'm saying, but like not. You're closer with your siblings than I am with mine for sure. But you guys get that like very consolidated focused, focused time with just yeah. each other, right? Like I'll yeah. see my siblings with like their partners or whatever. But like, Well, and sometimes the- partners come like depending on if they can or not. Because well, we were, we were all kind cool. of LinkedIn. Okay, thanks. I'll take the compliment. Okay, so the second healthy trait in a team is that they embrace healthy conflict. So this is about creating an atmosphere that encourages people to have constructive debate and share differing viewpoints. And there's a quote in the book that I freaking loved. They said, meetings should be at least as interesting as movies. In other words, like, if there's no conflict happening, if it's just like, yay, everybody's getting along and agrees with the plan, then why the frick are we meeting? Like, that's maybe not a good idea. Um, So, yeah, this is all about encouraging team members to voice their opinions and challenge ideas respectfully and making sure that you're establishing ground rules for how you're going to be challenging ideas. Honestly, Rami, like, I thought you would love this one because I remember when we very first started podcasting, you're like, I want us to disagree with each other. I don't want us to just be like, yeah, that is a good point. Because, like, that doesn't make for very interesting conversations. It's definitely less interesting than a movie. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Rami, how do you feel like your team is does on embracing healthy conflict and having meetings that are at least as interesting as movies? I think good. I think just the nature of the work that we do is creative and like there's always feedback. And I feel like the really nice thing in the way that we do things is like we know that there's two rounds of feedback. So like uh-huh. you will always have a healthy conflict in that like you're it's part of the process. It's not like. The process is I make the thing and it's beautiful and perfect and no one is allowed to say anything. Yeah, it's I make the thing and I know it's going to get better because we have at least two rounds of changes that are going to happen. And so you're almost set up for it to be healthy. Hopefully the person delivering it is doing it in a good way, but like at least you yourself are like set up for the idea that feedback is coming and that what you have produced can improve. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, my my team of siblings has always been great at conflict. A conflict. I think yeah. we are learning how to do it in more healthful ways. And if it's helpful to just like give examples for folks, I hope this isn't like too real. But I think it's important that we talk about real things in this episode. I'm remembering we had to have like an emergency sibling meeting because uh, my my as folks maybe have picked up over the course of episodes, my dad was in hospice for a few months and my mom actually got injured caring for him. And so we had to have a sibling meeting to talk about like, is it time for him to go into a care facility or not? And this was the the meeting that sticks out to me of where we really practiced healthy conflict because we each went around the circle and shared what our opinion was and why it was that way without people interrupting, without people just being like, well, you're stupid. I don't agree with that. It's almost like families are fascinating places for team dynamics because we all have like big kid professional jobs, you know, where we have to mm-hmm. show up and be professional. But then it's like sometimes our worst behavior can come out with each other. Isn't that wild? Um, you're like, you're was, a doctor and you're an engineer. Yeah. And like, 
<laughs> you are definitely not acting like this to like your people. Your professional people. Yeah. So like it's reverting been... back to children. It's amazing. Yes. So that was a really beautiful time though for me where I thought we did really hear each other and respect each other's opinions and have healthy dialogue about like our we had differing viewpoints on what the decision was there. I wonder if, and this is a question for you for that one specific, do you think it worked well because of the seriousness of the situation? Like, do you think that helped everybody like somber up and like age up a little bit for the conversation? I, that's a really interesting question. I, I probably, you're probably right because I'm thinking at other times. So (laughs) man, I hope Oh, some of my siblings are not listening to this episode. They're probably not. I'm remembering other times where I would say in general, there's different personality types in my family. Like, hello, duh, obviously. But there are some of us who are more conflict averse and some of us who are more like very comfortable with conflict. And you notice it even when there's no even when we're talking about like the football game, you know, like certain people get really loud and boisterous Mm -hmm. or like when something's funny, like certain people get really loud and boisterous and it just like drowns out the people who just like are struggling to find their voice. So I'm actually, and I think the other thing that helped is that we had a time crunch. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it was, we couldn't beat around the bush and you had to like get to it. We had to get to it because it was an emergency meeting. We all have busy lives and busy jobs. And so it was like, Quickly, we're meeting. And initially, I'm remembering in that conversation, two of my sisters really like started going off on a tangent. And I was like, hi, I would really (laughs) like to see my family today. I love you. And I want to hear your stories. And also, perhaps we could just quickly go around the room and share like everybody's initial take, because maybe this will be a long discussion or maybe we're all on the same page and it's going to be just fine. Uh, Okay, so enough about that. Let's move on to the third healthy trade of teams. They cultivate commitment. And at first when I heard that, I was like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) So what this is about is ensuring that every team member is actively involved in the decision-making process so that everyone can commit to the decision that's ultimately made. They may not agree with the final decision, but they do need to commit to it, recognizing like that they've been a part of the process leading up to that decision. So it sounds like the example you just gave is a great example for this one as well. Yeah. Because everybody shared their opinion and then you guys talked about it. Yeah. And then you came to a conclusion and whether or not people agreed with it, they had to commit to it. And I think by voicing everyone's uh, opinions, it seems like that was a very good example of what you're saying here, which is cultivating commitment. Honestly, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I've been like thinking of my examples on the fly. So thanks for that, Rami. Uh, so how do we do this, Shannon? Yeah. So how how do we get there is first by fostering open discussions where everybody's input is valued and considered, uh, where everybody has a chance to clearly communicate the rationale behind their beliefs and whoever the ultimate decision maker is they get to communicate that rationale as well and making sure that individuals, this a little bit goes to number two, but making sure that individuals have a chance to express their support or their concerns openly. Mm -hmm. And again, if I think about this sibling situation, I think the other thing that really helped us begin to bond as a team is that we did finally find a common interest. And we recognized that if we were going to be able to successfully influence our parents to do anything, 
we had to be in lockstep with each other and we could not keep like teaming up within our huge team, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There was no way we were going to get anything done that way. And it was really, I'm remembering a different sibling meeting where we kind of like had that transparent conversation of like, okay, we know mom's going to come looking for the weak link (laughs) and we all have to be on the same page. So even if you don't agree, eventually you're agreeing that overall this is the right decision because the consensus is this. Does that make sense? Yeah. You 12 angry man it, but then you got to be good with whatever the result is. Like you can't say like I'm good with whatever the outcome is and then start burning flags afterwards. Yeah. That does not freaking work, especially when you're dealing with aging parents and you have to have a lot of serious conversations with them because they're going to find the one person that agrees with them and exploit the shit out of that. Oh yeah. (laughs) So like you agree with me, you, you agree with me. Like why are you letting letting my license? I should still get to drive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Okay. Rami, how is your work team on cultivating commitment? I don't know. We haven't really had to commit to anything big. So yeah, I would say I hope good. I think, I think we would go through all of these tips of how to do that successfully when we do have a big thing to commit to, but we just haven't had the opportunity. So I'm hopeful, but now I'm hopeful and prepared. Shannon. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So the fourth healthy trait of teams is that they promote accountability. So I think, This is maybe obvious, but I'll say it just in case. This is about setting clear expectations for both individual and team performance with measurable goals and deadlines and encouraging people to really take ownership of their responsibilities and hold each other accountable too. I'm vaguely remembering in the fable that was the book, them talking about like a person that was just kind of like flaky and flitty, but it was like a different uh, area of expertise than the rest of the team. And so people were just like, whatever. Like, we're just going to ignore that this person isn't really accountable to their stuff because, like, we don't know what's going on in their area. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like bullshit. You know what they committed to at the last meeting? And though you are not the head of that department, it is still your job to have a culture of accountability and call them out on it if they're missing deadlines, especially when it impacts your team. Rami, how is your team doing on promoting accountability? Great. Great. Everybody does their stuff and I feel like the thing with accountability is either it's like such a black and white thing. Either like you are accountable or you are not and you're like flaky and like averting it. But Mm -hmm. I feel like our roles and responsibilities are so black and white that not only do we know what we're all accountable to, but then the team is great and they all are accountable to those things, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say in my little family, not my little family, my little family. This family's is where I'm me. like intrigued because with families, it's like very different because like you don't have defined roles. You don't have defined like things that you have to take control of and be accountable to. So tell us, Shannon, how is it in your little family, medium family, small? Yeah, family? it's actually my big family. I say my little family is Nate, me and Talia. I screwed that up. Um So when I think about accountability in the creative sense for my family unit, I think about it as like communication you know like is everybody communicating or like expressing how they're feeling about something and we do have some that kind of like to fly under the radar and just like 
maybe they have really busy lives. Like my brother has four kids under seven right now. Like that's a lot for any human. (laughs) But I know that I can count on him to be accountable to maybe he doesn't do it on the group text, but he'll call me and say, I think we should do this or whatever. Um, And so I think we're doing good. And even since my dad passed, you know, there's my parents have three different business entities without getting into all that. Uh, And there's things that like, there's a bunch of rental units that we need to be responsible for and manage a little bit. And I've been pretty pleased with how we had a rental turnover on the fly. And people are being accountable to saying, shit, I need to show up for this. I can't just count on mom to just like take care of it for me anymore. Sometimes we have interesting gender dynamics in my family. Uh, It's kind of like the boys are responsible for the farm business. The girls are responsible for the rentals. And I know I really appreciate that while my brothers could continue that like lineage of thought, they do take the time to reach out and say, hey, what do you need me to do when we're flipping this rental this weekend? Like they don't just ignore like they maybe Mm -hmm. would have in the past and pretend like, oh, the girls are just supposed to take care of that. It sounds like if your family is a chain that none of the links are feeling weak in that like it feels like things can keep pulling at the chains like a quick turnover. But like it's not like the boy side breaks and now the girls are like struggling to to make it happen. I will say that. And honestly, that is a huge change from what our functioning was. Uh, two years ago, before we started these sibling meetings. Huge change. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. The fifth healthy trait of teams is to focus on results. So clearly defining the team's collective goals and objectives and ensuring that everybody understands how their individual contributions will contribute to the overall success of this and fostering a culture that values results over individual ego egos and the example they gave in the book because when i just like read that on the surface i was like what the fuck does that mean well excuse my language now you're gonna have to mark this episode explicit uh that means that they aren't gunning for their promotions for their own promotion to the detriment of what the larger uh team is trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. so i think we can all think of those people in our past career lives where it was like they were so focused on themselves that they would just demolish the broader department or team and leave them in the dust in service of themselves. And healthy teams don't do that. Healthy teams are making sure that they're focused on the the higher level results and not just the individual's result. Yeah, I think that's easy to think of people in our careers or people that we've worked with who are like so focused on themselves in their promotion that it's kind of like to the detriment of the team. Yes. Um, where they like may say that they're focused on results and the collective team's goals and objectives, but like clearly they are just trying to make themselves look good so they can like go on to the next thing. Well, and is not a healthy team to be a part of. Yeah, so I'll fall on the sword here and say that one of the most valuable pieces of feedback I got when I was leading my last team at Target was my boss, I forget exactly how she phrased it, but she was like, you kind of (laughs) bulldoze. Like, 
like other functional areas of our company are kind of afraid of you because you always have your teams back, but you're not always thinking about like, what does the greater team need here? And that was really helpful feedback for me because I was really focused on my team's results, but I didn't yet, Mm -hmm. I wasn't yet at like a, a leadership development phase where I was thinking about, well, how does what I'm doing or advocating for impact our partners in sourcing or our partners in presentation or whatever. I was just kind of like, I'm going to like have really aggressive air cover and protect my team at all costs. So I hope that's a helpful example to say, don't do that. <laughs> so I got the exact same feedback, which is fascinating. Did you? And I think it's interesting and we should spend a minute or two unpacking this because I think as a leader, you want to provide as much air cover and defense for your teams. Yes. And I think the goal, I think, and I will speak for both of us here and you can tell me that I'm wrong, but I think the goal as a manager and our goals as a manager is like to be able to support our teams and make sure that they're not feeling any external conflicts that like we are weathering as managers and like keep the boat as steady as possible yep. for for the team. And so if we got to go out there and like fight with people all day, like that's fine as long as the team doesn't have to feel it and it doesn't have impacts on them. Yeah. I think the reason you and I both probably got the feedback is like you have to bend a little bit and be willing to let the tides slightly rock the boat for your team. Yes. um, Because it's going to be the right thing overall, uh, which I agree with. And I think you and I were just young managers who were completely so focused on keeping the team steady yes. uh, that it was to the detriment of other teams and the org. And so uh, I guess if you're if you're a younger manager and you're thinking about how to keep it as steady as possible, part of it is also like what is right for the total org and like you got to give some at some point. So yeah. like if you keep that in mind that you have to give at some point, maybe you will have advanced further than Shannon and I did at that point and not <laughs> not get the same feedback that we did. Yeah, I really think about it as like manager 101 versus 201. You know, if like we level it a little bit, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, a good manager at level one is able to just like protect the hell of their team. So they get like the best team scores that they want. I think a great manager performing at level two is one that can do that and not at the detriment of larger company results yes they're able to keep their team protected and recognize the give and takes that are needed for the greater good yes all right shannon you want to wrap this up you want to get us some tacticals and yeah let let me bring it home so here's my tacticals here's two things that i want you to take away from this take away from this episode and put into action first reflect on your own team like we just did in this episode go through these five functions and really take some time to assess your team honestly and identify which dysfunctions might be present you know like where are you lacking a healthy trait and consider how it's manifesting in your team's interactions and performance Once you do that, like as an individual, then I would say step two would be to facilitate some team conversation. So open up honest conversations with your team member in whatever team you want to define. Maybe it is your sibling set. Maybe you're moving through something similar like I was Um, and talk about the dysfunctions that are there. Maybe maybe I wouldn't say call them dysfunctions, but, you know, like start with like, hey, I think a really healthy team would would be this way. What would it look like for us to embody this more, embrace this more as a team? All right. With that, 
We'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram or LinkedIn. And I want to know what you would add to this list for what makes a very healthy and functioning team. I love it. What would you add? I love it. So we're hopefully going to hear from you guys on social medias. Uh, And with that, I've been Rami. And I've been Shannon. And this has been Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs.